0: (laughs) Amen. 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 Thank God. Galatians chapter seven. This is the Anna. Good to see you. Glad Anna's with us. And Mariah, my girl. Amen. Prettiest smile. Look at her smile. Mariah, good to have you this morning. We're always glad to see you. Thank you for coming. Galatians chapter six. Amen. Verse number seven. Reads as such, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh, shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit, shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. You may be seated. For the past few weeks in Bible study, we've been talking about reaping the harvest. And when you talk about harvest, you have to get into how do you actually get a harvest? How can you actually get a harvest? And we know that you can't get a harvest without planting seeds. You can't just expect to see things growing if you didn't sow anything. And so we said in order to get a harvest, you must sow seeds. But we have scripture in the Bible in Matthew chapter 13 that told us that if you sow seed on any ground other than good ground, that seed will not allow to be grown. Or it will not grow properly and eventually will just perish because the ground was not good ground. But if that seed is sowed in good ground, then that seed will take root and begin to grow and become a tree and produce fruit. We said in order to, to cultivate good ground, you must plow the ground. Right? We've been talking about these things. You've got to plow the ground. And we said how you plow the ground, there's a certain kind of prayer that you have to pray to plow the ground. And when we talked about ground, we, we weren't talking about the actual ground outside, the farmland. We're talking about the heart of people, of human beings. So when the Bible says the heart, the ground, it's talking about the heart of human beings. And so we've been talking about God wants to reap a harvest. And the harvest that he wants to reap is saving Human beings. But his word is the seed. And when his word is planted or sown, if it's sown on good ground, good soil, which is good heart, it will grow, it gets watered, it will produce fruit, and then there will be a harvest. And so that's what we've been talking about for the past few weeks. It's important to realize and remember good ground. You can come to church and hear the Word of God and it does nothing for you. You can come faithfully. You can come all the time. The Word of God is being preached and your life is not changing. And you're wondering, why isn't my life changing? I go to church all the time. I think I understand what the preacher is saying. Why isn't my life changing? And your life may not be changing because the ground, the soil, your heart is not ready. And so while the seed is being sown, it's not taking root. Or if it takes root, it just grows up for a temporary time and before you know it, it just gets scorched and it's gone. Nothing happened with your life when the word of God goes into it. It is not God intent that when the seed is sown in your heart, the word of God is sown in your heart, that nothing changes. But it's totally up to you for something to change. And so you have to do something to cultivate your heart. You have to do something to cause
1: your heart to be good ground. You have to do something that when this word is being preached or taught to you, it will fall on ground that will begin to cause the seed to sprout roots and begin to grow
0: into a tree and fruit come on it. You have that option if you will allow that to happen, but it means you're going to have to cultivate the ground of your heart. So we talked about that a whole lot for the past probably four weeks. In Bible study, that's what we've been talking about. And so, I say that to bring up another point. The Bible says the word of God is the seed that's being sown. So the Bible says the word of God is the seed. And I always try to follow God's ways and how he does things. And if God's word is his seed, then our words are our seeds. And so we're sowing seeds all the time. The question is, what kind of seed are you sowing? But we're sowing seeds all the time. Wherever we go, what we do, our conversation, those are all seeds. People remember you most of the times by the things that you say. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. As a man thinketh, so is he. So God's Word is him. You can't separate him from his Word. And so are we. You can't separate us from our words. And many times we like to, we got to be careful. We say things and we expect for people to think differently in what we say. But what you say, we kind of, it's biblical to think, well, that's what you meant. And that's who you are. And so somehow we want to say things and then say, well, that's not really who I am. No, it certainly is who you are. God said that. So while you might want to clean it up, because you realize that probably didn't sound proper, didn't matter. That was what was in your heart. And so you said it. So we're sowing seeds all the time. The question is, are you sowing God's word as seed or your words as seed? Galatians chapter 6 says, For he that soweth to his flesh Shall of the flesh reap corruption. Hmm. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. I wonder what does that mean? He that soweth to the flesh of the flesh reap corruption. I'm sure we all start to think about that. What, what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means.
1: The one who sows to please his or her sinful desire will reap corruption.
0: What are some examples of me or you sowing to our flesh? What, 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 are, what are examples? What, what do you mean by that, preacher? What does the Bible mean when it says, he that soweth to the flesh? What does that mean? Uh. Sowing to the flesh could consist of these things. Impure thoughts. Eagerness for lustful pleasure. Idolatry. Spiritism, which is encouraging the activity of demons. Hatred. Fighting and jealousy and anger. Constant effort to get the best for yourself. Complaints. Criticism. The feeling that everyone else is wrong except those in your own little group. Envy. Murder. Drunkenness. Wild parties. That's just a little example of things that we do. That is considered sowing to the flesh. So if I said something just now that you felt like, ooh, I may have done it a couple times. You're sowing to your flesh. You're sowing to your flesh. When you complain a lot, you're sowing to your flesh. When you're envious and jealous, you're sowing to your flesh. When you got to hit the latest spot, the party, the club, you're sowing to your flesh. When you got to smoke some marijuana or you got to smoke a cigarette or something to calm your nerves, you're sowing to the flesh. When you argue and you fuss and you fight, you're sowing to the flesh. When you act according to what your emotions make you feel like, you're sowing to the flesh and so the bible says when we sow those kind of seeds when we sow to the flesh we're going to reap corruption you
1: can't get by it there is no getting around god's word i don't want to wait till it's too late to say god i know look you were right I'm here to tell you somebody that Jesus is trying to help us to not wait till it's too late to say, oh, you are right, God. I read in the Bible where the rich man, he was enjoying life and the poor old Lazarus, he was having the worst part of life. But when they both died, Lazarus was carried away in the presence of the Lord. And the rich man that enjoyed life, in hell, he lifted up his eyes and says, I would like a fingertip of water to cool my tongue. He was in And he said, can somebody go back and tell my five brothers that they need to listen to the word of God so they don't come to heaven? He says, Abraham, will you go and tell my brothers? And Abraham says, uh, he has the prophets, meaning the preachers. He had the word of God.
0: If they didn't listen to the prophets and the word of God, it doesn't matter if one come from hell and go tell them that God is real and hell is real, they still won't listen. And so God is giving us or has given us examples of, please don't wait till it's too late. God has given
1: us examples of saying, oh, will you, will, will you stop just saying, I, 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 I'm going to put it off till tomorrow or, or, or I'm going to get it right. God
0: is saying to us, when are you just going to turn yourself over to the things of God? And so he gives us examples of the things of the flesh. The things of the flesh. Partying. Getting together. Drinking our nice glass of wine. (laughs) I was a professional drinker before I got saved. So you can't tell me too much about drinking. And I smile now because the end thing now is drinking wine. Yeah, they they never used to drink wine, especially certain culture. I ain't going to touch it too deep. But certain culture never used to drink wine. Now all of a sudden now they're drinking wine. I'm smiling. I says, please, don't get me started. I know about... They didn't know when they were mixing Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. They, they, y'all do even know what Merlot is. Some of the best red wine there is, but just don't even worry about it. What I'm trying to tell you is, all of a sudden now, we are sophisticated. We're drinking wine. And it's acceptable, so we sit around, and we pour wine in these nice goblets, and you know we're just hanging and drinking our wine, and... And and we're having good talks and, you know, everybody's just having a good time and getting a little buzz. Not drunk, buzz. Can I tell you, that's sowing to the flesh. Now, you you might not like that, but I'm just telling you what Jesus' word said. Jesus said that's sowing to the flesh. When we sit around and we have our glass of red wine, that's sowing to the flesh. When we sit around and we have our gin and tonics, we're sowing to the flesh. When we sit around and we say, oh, I need to roll a little spliff and take a couple of pulls because I need to calm down because everything is, that's sowing to the flesh. <laughs> I just got to tell you because I need to tell you. I'm trying to help you.
1: And if we sow to the flesh,
0: of the flesh will reap corruption. If we argue all the time, that's sowing to the flesh. If we fuss and cuss all the time, that's sowing to the flesh. And God is trying to tell us if we sow to the flesh, we will reap of the flesh corruption. What does the Bible mean when it says we will reap Corruption. I'll tell you what the Bible means. I look, I go through all the definitions. And so here's what it's telling you when it says corruption. It's dealing with three particular areas. You will be corrupted by disease in your body. Abuse your body and see what happens. Nurses, can I get an amen? amen? So just do whatever you want with your body, see what happens.
1: It's gonna be diseased. It's gonna get sick. It's gonna get messed up. We abuse our bodies. Eat any kind of food you want
0: see what happens. Cholesterol, high blood pressure, whatever it is. So God can't lie. I don't know what we think, but he can't lie.
1: So, so corruption of the body is, 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 is just treating the body any kind of way you want. Sooner or later, the body will be diseased. The other corruption that the Bible wants us to know is the corruption of our morals. The decay of our morals. And if we do whatever we want, our morals will decay. The other corruption the Bible is trying to tell us is final destination. Which is hell, Hades, and eventually the lake of fire. So when we sow to the flesh, those are
0: the things that will happen in our life. Body diseased our morals corrupt and eventually we're going to inherit eternal hell that's what will happen when we sow to the flesh you know a lot of times if you pay attention to the news and everything that's going on I just keep telling myself I wish somebody I don't know if if I'm just losing it and not seeing this thing right. But I don't, I, we need a, a voice in our world of someone that understands. Uh, sometimes I wish I had the opportunity because we're playing around with this. We feel like this racial issue. In our world. And let me say, there probably are racial issues. But we've been so into the flesh, so all we got is fleshly understanding of what's going on. In all of this thing, all it's
1: about, Sister Maddie, all of our world is about, it's about the things we've sown. And it's about us leaving God out. And that's why we're messed up. And we keep on pointing fingers and pointing fingers and going back and forth about what's wrong with our world. But we're missing the point. I want to tell the world that here we got to understand that our issue is not racial. Our issue is not anything but do we have Jesus in our life? Are we living for Jesus? Are we obeying the Word of God? Are we just doing what we feel? Are we just going by our hurts? Are we just going by our experiences? Are we going by the Word of God?
0: Amen. I don't know. I get a little frustrated in my spirit because I say, Tom, if you was a different culture from me, and you had a problem with me. I'm not looking at your culture. You know what I'm thinking? I got to get Tony saved.
1: Amen. Amen. Oh, Mr.: Amen, come on. Any race that's different from me that got an issue with me. You know what I'm saying? man I got to get you saved.
0: Right. Here's one deep for you. Amen. If we get ISIS saved, are they still ISIS?
1: You see what I'm saying? It's easy to say they're evil. It's easy to say they're a mess. It's easy to say bad things about people doing bad. But can I tell you people doing bad only mean one thing. They don't know who Jesus is. They don't have a walk with Jesus. They don't have a relationship with Jesus. They're not obeying Jesus. And that's the only thing that's wrong in their life. That's what's wrong.
0: So when we sow to the flesh, we're going to read fleshly things. And so we're trying to fix the problems of our world by doing fleshly things. Listen, it's great to go to school and get a great education. We need to do that because we need to have good jobs to take care of our families. And we need to give back to community. We need to give back to society. We need to give back to our world. Give back to our nation. That's right. We need to do that. But that can only go but so far. It stays
1: here in this earth. It doesn't go past this earth. But when you get Jesus in your life, when you start to live for God, it goes beyond this earth. It goes beyond this place called earth. We need to get Jesus in our life. We need to get Jesus in our heart. We need to live in obedience to the word of Jesus Christ. And we will begin to see changes in our world. We will begin to see changes in people's life. This is not about anything else but people either obeying Jesus or disobeying. Jesus. My God, I wish we would get that and stop killing each other and stop blaming each other and stop saying who's racist and who's not and saying who's this. I wish we would forget about that and realize if we can just get Jesus in our life we will love one another. If we can get Jesus in our life, we will treat each other with respect. If we can get Jesus in our life, we will just treat each other right. Just get Jesus in our life. Jesus said, when somebody slap you,
0: turn the other cheek. Don't even go there. I heard you. That's Jesus. I don't know about all that. Let me just give you the example, though. The example is, don't retaliate with fleshly behavior. So if he come at me fleshly, I got to retaliate spiritually. That's that's the example. That's the example. So don't get all caught up saying, Oh man, you smack me smacking the face. It, it, it's on. Oh, I'm not Jesus. Okay. If you're not Jesus, you can't be where Jesus is. How about that? Because we like to make excuses, but still want Jesus to do what he said he would do. No, 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 no. If you're going to be where Jesus is, you're going to have to act like
1: Jesus. And here's the truth of the matter. Jesus walked the earth and then ascended to heaven.
0: He did an exchange. We talked about this before, but some of you never heard it. So let me just tell you, tell it to you real quick. Jesus made an exchange to better reach our nation and our world. Here's what he did. You know the Bible. He came to earth. He reached people. He trained up 12 disciples. And when he trained those 12 disciples to be like him, he left here. And I said, I said to you all during Bible study time, I said, how can he, why would Jesus train 12 disciples and lead them to do what he should be doing when he knows how to do it better? But what I explained to you was, Jesus, it would have taken him a longer time to reach our world by himself than it would be if he trained people up and says, just be like me. So what he really expected us to do when he left here is we would exemplify who he is. We would walk around and when people said, what was Jesus like? They would be able to look at us and say, here's a little idea that's what we're supposed to be in case you missed it people that are followers of Jesus Christ disciples of Jesus Christ it means that you are his pupil it means that you are his student and so you are supposed to be just like him so we sow to the flesh we're going to reap corruption can I tell you this The harvest of the flesh is dreadful. The harvest of the flesh. Let me work this a little bit for you. The harvest of the flesh will only produce vain glory. The harvest of the flesh will only produce... What what do I mean by that? I'm taking my time because I'm just talking to you today. The harvest of the flesh, Tony, here is what worked. The Bible says God's glory is His spoken word... Coming alive and going into action.
1: So, what the Bible is saying is when God's word is put into action, it manifests itself and now it is doing something. You can actually see it tangibly. Give you an example God is invisible. But when he became visible, As the man we know as Christ Jesus, the Bible says that was the glory of God. Jesus is the glory of God. So everything that comes from God that become manifested, that you can see it in action, it's God's glory. But it's the same thing for us as human beings. Whatever we speak and we put into action, it's our glory. Oh, somebody help me here today. So when we sow to the flesh, we're going to only reap our own glory, brother world So what that means is, sowing to the flesh means I'm going to be the next whoever you want to be of this world. Guess what? And that's all your glory that you will get. Because whatever you produce, that's all. Whatever you sow, that's all you can reap receive so our glory is what we produce from our life and that's
0: vain cuz it can't do anything for you huh. your words which is the seed your seed when you put those things into action this is why some people got this confused the 5% are saying we are we we, we like god we create and the shutdown to them is you can't create if you needed someone to make you exist the reason why god is god and nobody else is god and nobody can be god we only can be his children and be like him but nobody can be god because god is self existent yeah. oh, yeah. he didn't come from anything nobody created him nobody nobody formed him nobody gave him breath to breathe he just existed And that's very hard to comprehend, and that's good, because if he's going to be God, he needs to be hard to comprehend. I need someone that can do things I can't do.
1: I need someone to operate like I can't operate. And the reason why God is God is because he's self-existent, and he came into existence. Well, let me change
0: that. He always existed. He never came into existence. So picture that. How can God always existed? Because he always existed now you got to wrap your head around that I know that's heavy but, but work, keep on living for God and when you get to heaven you'll get some more understanding of that, that that's one thing I love about God there's some things that's, that's, that he saved for us to, to, to find out about when we get to heaven The
1: Bible says we will see him as he is because we will be like him. There's a day coming that we will see God for who he really is and we will be just like him. So there's some things that we still don't know and will not know while we're here on earth. But the day is coming if we just keep living for God
0: that we will see him as he is. But God always existed. Everybody else exists because God existed. This is why nobody else can be God. This is why statues and this is why other human beings can't be God. Because they needed something to create them. They needed something to exist. Here's the other thing. Everything needs something to keep existing. And God don't. What the Bible says, in God is life. In Him is life. So life came from God. So if the fish in the sea have life, if people on the earth have life, guess what? They didn't create their life. their, Their life is being sustained by the giver of life. Oh God, help us today. So that's why we can't be
1: God. We can only be in his image. We can only be his children because we can't sustain ourselves. If God decided, I don't want my breath in you anymore, then you're not living anymore. And we don't have any control over that. That's why he's God.
0: Uh, Yeah, we understand that's why he's God. So when anybody talking about, well, we are God, what are you talking about? We can't be God. And they get it confused because we can create. See, we can create. We're not creating something from nothing like God. God created from nothing. We still have to create from something. (laughs) Oh... And so, here is how we create from something. Our thoughts. Where do our thoughts come from? Our thoughts can come from God. They can come from our experiences in different ways our thoughts can come to us. And when we put action to our thoughts, they manifest. And they become our glory. This is what the Bible is talking about when it says the glory of God or the glory of man. The glory of man is what man do. And so, if I go to, let me do this because they do this all the time, Princeton University, and I graduated and I became a millionaire, and I got a lot of millions, here's my glory, because they do it all the time, Rutgers, Princeton, all of these schools, I go back and I donate $25 million, Brother will you know it, So because I want a wing name after me, the Wyatt Wing. And so now you got a wing at Princeton, you know, let me let the scientist um, um, section of the campus. I, w- I want the science area to be named the Wyatt Wing. It's my glory. That would be my glory. I created that. My name is attached to that. When you think about the Wyatt Wing, you said, oh, that's that guy, he got a lot of millions. That's my glory. That's the glory of man. God's glory is Jesus Christ. Because God manifested himself as the man, Jesus Christ. So now his words went into action by becoming a human being and now start doing what he, his word says. The glory of man. So the harvest of the flesh is the glory of man, which is vain. When you sow to the flesh... You will always be able to, when you're so into the flesh, what you're really saying is, look at me. Everybody wants to be recognized. You don't think God knew that when he created you? Huh? God knew when he created you that you wanted to be recognized. It's in you. You want to be recognized. You can tell me, no, I don't. I'm telling you, you do. It's in your DNA somewhere. You want to be recognized. Everybody wants to be recognized and be credited for something. Can I let you in a little secret? God will be glad to make sure you're recognized. But you just have to follow God. Look at the 12 disciples. Who knew them when they were fishermen? Peter and his boys, his brother. Only just probably the neighborhood No, they were fishermen. Guess what? Today, who don't know about Peter?
1: Come on and work with me this morning. Who don't know about Peter right now? One church made Peter the Pope. So you know everybody know about Peter.
0: But Peter only was known by his little community before he met Jesus. The Apostle Paul, we can go
1: on and on. Eve. Ruth. Esther. Mary. Little virgin girl. Nobody knew her. That was Joseph Booth. Nobody else. She was just a little virgin girl. Just like I'll get married, me and my little boo. Now all of a sudden the whole world don't marry. You want to be recognized and you want to get some credit and I'm telling you the way how to get it. You have to surrender your life to Jesus and say, Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my mind and my soul. I will obey you. I will live for you. For I want your will to be done in my
0: life. And when you do that, whether you, wanted, whether you agree that you want to be recognized or not, sooner or later, And that's why, one of the reasons why you would be under attack by the devil, don't let the devil punk you. Because when you get with Jesus and start obeying him, the devil will try to make sure you don't get no credit. The devil is going to try to make sure you don't get recognized. That's what's going on. Or try to make you look bad and make Jesus look bad. So when Jesus prop you up, the devil says, I'm going to get you. And some people are afraid. To let Jesus have his way in their life. But you want to be recognized and the only way to be recognized is in Christ. You don't want to be recognized for your own glory. Because that won't last because it's fleshly and it will lead to corruption. The other part of the harvest of the flesh is great disappointment. Great disappointment. Something that we do is just temporary. We start doing something and all of a sudden it's all exciting and we're like, oh yeah, this is the best thing that ever happened. Give it some time after a while.
1: Hey man, what's up?
0: Uh, need a change in my life.
1: I thought you were just excited a
0: couple of weeks ago and everything was good. Yeah, but I don't know. It's not going the same way it was going. Because when you sow to the flesh, everything about the flesh is temporary. When I was at uh, Mercer County Friday night, we touched on a little something. And I was saying to them, I've always known it and I'm learning it even more and more as I'm going on the back nine of my life. And so age will teach you some things, boy. As you age, as you get older, it start teaching you some things. And so certain kind of sin won't get you when you start getting a little older. Some people know what I'm talking about, others don't. Yeah, all right. When you're young, you can't think straight, and so when things start happening, you just like go with the flow, go with the flow. As you begin to get older, you start looking at it for the whole. And you start saying Mm-mm, because this is just going to end in this way Amen. because age and time and
1: life taught you so much that you know certain things is only going to end up a certain way oh yes so life when you sow to the flesh is always going to end up in disappointment because after a while
0: yes. go a little deep on you When you're younger, doing fleshly things, fleshly romance is priority. When you get older, I need somebody to hold me. I don't need somebody just, just want to, you know, the other thing. I need somebody to hold me. I need to know somebody's in my life that care deeply for me. I need to know somebody have my back. I need to know when I'm hurting, somebody's going to tell me it's going to be all right. When you get older,
1: that's what you start feeling. And when you are younger, all you want is just let me have a good time right now. Amen.
0: Adults, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. This is why we get so frustrated with our young people. Because they're trying to have a good time right now because they're young. And we know that's just going to end up this way. Why? Because we've been there, done that, spent the night.
1: Did you see what I'm saying? Where again, the things of the flesh is going to end up in disappointment. It's going to end up in your glory and nothing else because it has an expiration date.
0: And so it will all end in disappointment when you're sowing to the flesh because the flesh change on you the flesh don't stay the same come on somebody any amens in the house the flesh don't stay the same and when you start getting older you want love if the the young people wasn't in here I would have went so deep into that I would have just dug ditches but I'm going to let it slide today. <laughs> I would have dug ditches in that one. Oh God. Because
1: you all don't want to hey, get into it with me knowing what I'm talking about. And some of you that's like, well, what is he trying to say? Live a little bit longer and you will know what I'm trying to say, brothers and sisters. Uh, just keep on living and you'll realize as your flesh begin to change, you're going to have different perspective and different needs in life. It's just the way it is. So
0: you're going to end up in disappointment. The other thing is, you're going to know the, the flesh profits you nothing. Solomon said that. Solomon said, all is vanity. We got to be smart sometimes. I'm almost done. We got to be smart. Here's, here's what we got to be smart at. I will never be rich as Solomon. I certainly will never have the women, the concubines and the wives that Solomon had. I will never be a king in this earth. All of that stuff. Solomon had all that. Solomon had boats or ships in his time. That's how rich he was. Back in those days when Solomon was living, he had boats and ships. He had chariots. Of course, he lived in a great big temple. He had everything. Eight off of gold china. And Solomon, at the end of his life, said all was vanity. Now, you never had even an inkling of what Solomon had. And if Solomon says all vanity, can we be smart enough to say, really, Solomon? All was vanity? All your riches? All those women? All your chariots? All your boats? All your money? And you, at the end of your life, said it wasn't anything? So the bottom line is, when you're sold to the flesh, if all we are doing is to do the things that please us in our sinful ways, it's going to come to a place where you will look at it and say, it was about nothing. If you have the privilege, and I call it the privilege, to lay on your bed, dying, and just deteriorating without pain, and can reflect back, you would probably say the same too. Here I am laying on this bed. I can't do nothing. I don't feel like eating. I know my life is coming to an end. All of what I enjoyed. What is it now? All the ladies Solomon made your age now too. So they probably deteriorating too. They old too. So you old the ladies you had old.
1: So the harvest of the flesh is
0: vain glory, great disappointment, and it profits us nothing. So what am I telling you? What does the word of God tell you? We have to start sowing to the spirit and stop sowing to the flesh. We're, we're, we're having struggles in our life because we're sowing so much to the flesh. We're sowing so much to our humanity and that's just killing us because everything that we do in humanity, it's not gonna last. It's vain and it's not gonna do anything for eternity for us. It's vain. All of what we're trying to do for humanity. Sowing to the Spirit, the
1: Bible says, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap
0: life everlasting. Hmm. Life everlasting. We're probably poor investors. Rich people can be saved and do well as Christians. Christians. A lot of rich people, not the inheritance, um, not the um, the one that inherited riches, not those, but people that like really, you know, the My Pillow guy, yeah. <laughs> the My Pillow guy, he worked for his riches.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, when you work to get to that place of being rich. You knew how to sustain determination. You probably
0: knew how to invest. I've always had a passion to reach rich people. Because I just thought they would make good Christians. Not that we won't make good Christians. But rich people can make good Christians. Sometimes I think people forget them because people are like, oh, they're rich. They don't want God. Eh, Not really true. We just need to sit down with them and have a conversation about God with them. And if they ever hear you out, you got to pray for them. And if they ever hear you out, they will make great Christians because a lot of what they had done to earn their riches, if they would now sow it to the spirit now, now sow it spiritually, they will see great things happen in their life and in other people's life. Sowing to the Spirit is the opposite of sowing to the flesh.
1: When you sow to the Spirit, you are expanding thought, time, effort, and money
0: upon furthering yourself and others in the things of God.
1: So stop and start asking yourself, what are you doing to expand your thought, your time, your effort,
0: your money on furthering the things of God in your life and other people's life. What are you doing? Because that's sowing to the spirit. That's sowing to the spirit.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm hmm To sow to the spirit is to do the things that ignite or please God. When you sow to the Spirit, you're igniting the Spirit of God in you. You're igniting the power of God working in your life. You are pleasing God. The Bible wants us to know that God is a Spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. But that Spirit became human, who is Jesus Christ. And so when you see Spirit, it's talking about Jesus, who is God in the flesh. And when we sow the things of the Spirit unto the Spirit, then we will reap life everlasting can I tell you this real quick
0: ask yourself what you are putting effort into is it an everlasting thing or is it something that just only will be contained in this world this is why we have to tap into the spirit because only the spirit goes beyond this world everything else in this world stays within this world but if we tap into the Spirit, we go beyond. And that's why the Spirit can give you life everlasting because the Spirit lives forever. We just, God finished not too long ago talking about that the Spirit of God, who is God, always existed and was not created by anything, which means that, that if we allow the Spirit of God to work in our life, we will be in that kind of realm as well. So how do we sow the things of the Spirit? How do we sow it? How do we allow the things of God To be produced in our life here we go reading the word of
1: God is sowing to the spirit reading the word of God will
0: or is sowing to the spirit and so ask yourself I can say ouch for you right now how much do you read the word of God We have to get out of this thing, God knows and God loves me. We have to get out of that. You have children and let your children do nothing but just say, well, my mom loved me. Okay, just keep on going around and tell people your mom love you, but you don't listen to your mom. Yeah, your mom love you. Let's see what she's going to do. Or your dad love you. Let's see what he's going to do. You're doing nothing but because you, know, you know they love you. Oh, I'm not listening to them because they love me. That's what we do to God all the time. I don't have to listen to him. Well, you probably don't say it like that because that sounds harsh. But you're, you're like, well, I know I didn't do it, but God loves me. How long you think that you can keep going around and says God loves me, but you won't obey him? What will he do? And so if we don't read the word of God, we are not sowing to the spirit. Let me just say that. Another way of sowing to the Spirit is not only
1: reading the Word of God, but obeying the Word of God. So when you read it, now you've got to obey it.
0: Maybe that's why we don't read it, because we don't want to obey it. And we're going to tell God, well, God, I didn't know. God got a word for that too. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So here's how it goes. God don't destroy you. But you end up destroying yourself because you refuse to get knowledge. You can't dance out of God. You know, we try to, uh, try to
1: skirt, you know, you, you can't do that. God, you can't get around God. He is the all-knowing God. He is the sovereign God. He is the all-present God. You can't skirt around God. You gotta do what God says. If you expect to sow to the Spirit and reap from the Spirit, you have to do what God says. And so by not reading the word of God Is not an excuse from God God says my people are destroyed For lack of knowledge Because they have rejected it It's not because God didn't try to get it to you You just rejected it You just uh, moved out the way So you didn't have to deal with it And God is saying You will be destroyed Not because I don't love you Not because I'm destroying you But you will destroy yourself If we sow to the flesh you will destroy ourselves
0: So into the spirit, reading the word, obeying the word of God, praying the word of God. Some of us have not been able to pray properly because we're praying our fleshly humanistic prayers. And God is saying, let me help you with that. Give no thought. On what you may eat or drink or what you're going to wear, where you're going to live. God said, don't worry about that. He says, all these things that people that are not godly, that's what they seek after. But you, my children, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I will take care of what you're going to eat. I will take care what you're going to drink. I will take care of where you're going to live.
1: I'll take care of you. Because what? I would be a bad parent if... Oh, somebody help me. You're not understanding this. We are worried about God's re- responsibility. And what God is saying is, Do your responsibility and I will do mine. And if we will just seek the kingdom of God, if we will do what God says, then God will do what he's already promised to do. But we want to do God's
0: responsibility. And God is saying, so that's why it's important to pray God's word. Because when you pray your word, it means nada. But when you pray God's words, it means everything. We are supposed to echo God's word. That's what we're supposed to do. We can't change God's word. We can't make
1: something different out of God's word. It will not work. The only way God's word works is if we say it the way it's written. The devil used it on Eve, had God said. And so he tricked Eve because he know if we don't speak God's word according to how it's written, then we will deceive our own selves. So we gotta read God's word. We gotta obey God's word. We gotta pray God's word. We have to meditate on God's word. Somebody say meditate. meditate.
0: Which which um which um um Buddhist? They're, 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 they're the meditating people? Okay. So here you go. So Everybody take a little bit of God's stuff and it works for them. Because God already told us to meditate on him day and night. Yeah. And you should meditate on me day and night. And you would be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. So we need to meditate. So other people take God's words and say, let me practice this. And they realize meditating on, they might meditate on something different. I don't know what they meditate on, but let me tell you something. Anything you meditate on will consume you. And that's where you will get your Peace, comfort, whatever. But it's going to consume you. And so I don't want anything to consume me but God. So let me meditate on God. Because if God is who I'm meditating on, it will consume me. I will be consumed by the things of God. And so when I get up from meditating, the things of God will just overwhelm my mind, overwhelm my heart, and I will be ready to go. That's what I want to be consumed by. So meditate on God's Word. Then we need to share God's Word. Amen. Here's a big one, and I'll finish with this one. We need to fellowship with other God-fearing people. I cannot tell you how important, I cannot tell you how important, I cannot tell you how important fellowshipping with other God-fearing people. The other day, no, probably about a year ago, two years ago, um, my good friend and I, Brother White, Um, We took a pastor out that we, you know, he was going through some stuff and we said, come on, he liked to eat, we liked to eat. So we said, come on, let's go out to eat. So we took him out to eat and we had a good time. We ate some good steak, had good conversation, and we were able to talk in fellowship all about God. The Bible says iron sharpeneth iron, right? And so we're talking and we're just having good conversation. And when he left, I can tell that his countenance was just much better than when he came in. And so me and Brother White was driving home. I said, we we should take him out in another couple of months. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. And we started doing that. And then we kind of expanded the group now to some other people because we see that it was working. And so we started expanding it to others. And all of a sudden now, so now we have this good group of men, preachers, that's meeting up once a month. And we're fellowshipping. And man, it's just been great. One pastor said the last fellowship we had, we should have a district-wide picnic. (laughs) Oh man, we never had that before. Where all the churches just have a picnic in one area. Just all, and so well we have 20 churches. So let the all 20 churches meet up somewhere close by, probably Mercy County Park. That's probably the central location. And just, you know, all 20 churches. And we just hang out and just, I said, that's really good. But how did that idea come? These are preachers. So just think about all of us. We all need fellowship. And and we will help each other when we sit around and talk about God
1: without drinking red wine. Red wine is going to give you a buzz. You're going to start talking nonsense after a while.
0: I still I I still I still got it right, baby. I still got it. Took my father-in-law out the other day, and so. He said, I need a glass of red wine. He ain't know what kind of red wine. I said, give him a glass of Pinot Noir. He ain't no big drinker. Give him a glass of Pinot Noir. He ain't know what Pinot Noir is. <laughs> but I just said to myself, well, I still got it, though. <laughs> Pinot Noir is a light red wine. It's not too dry and it's not too sweet. But it's really light. So if you're not a red wine drinker, you can just sip that and you'll be fine. You won't get too tipsy and stuff like that. I didn't tell you that for you to go drink. (laughs) my, my, My point of telling you is, these are things that I used to do. And it was second nature to me. But God changed my nature, man. God really truly changed my life. I can't tell you how much I'm so thankful for God changing my life and for all the things that he's done. And so nobody can really impress me with worldly stuff. Because I did the world better than the best of them. And God delivered me. Thank God he delivered me. Because I could have died in my sins. While I was living
1: in that world. Doing all I wanted to do. But God rescued me. And brought me in. And now today what I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching with authority. And with conviction. And with what I know is right. Because it worked. It worked people.
0: It worked. So into the spirit. Will produce the things of the spirit. And so I end by telling you this. It is impossible for us to break the divine order established in the nature of things. There is a sowing time and there will be a reaping time. The reaping will be as the sowing. He that sows wheat. Will reap wheat He that sows corn will reap corn Nobody expects
1: After sowing wheat To have a crop of thistle So it is the act of human life If a man sow the seed of love The harvest will be answerable Both in kind and in degree So we gotta realize uh, Here we go When we go to funerals
0: We don't have to preach about if this man or this woman is going to heaven or hell. Because at the end of the day, what
1: they sowed in their life is what they're answerable for. The actions of this life are as seeds sown for the life to come. Maybe sometimes we
0: don't believe there's a life to come. And that's why we kind of live the way we want, Mama Allen. Maybe we don't believe there's a
1: life to come. Maybe we don't believe there's really eternity. Maybe we don't believe there's real hell. Maybe we don't believe that and that's why we're casually doing what we're doing. Because we don't believe that there's a real afterlife. And that there's a real hell. And there's a real heaven. maybe we don't believe that. Well Lazarus didn't believe it until
0: it was too late. And I'm pleading with you today, we have to stop sowing to
1: the flesh. We have sown too much to the flesh. Can I tell you this? Whatever you do the most of is what's going to control your life. Whatever you do the most of, it will control your life. And so if you live your life sowing to the flesh, the flesh will control you. Uh Uh-huh. Keep living the flesh, the
0: flesh, how you feel, your hurt, your experiences. Those things don't mean a whole lot with God because God says, I can make all things new. God says, I'm a deliverer. God say I'm a restorer God say I'm a healer God says I
1: will make you brand new I will create in you a clean heart God can do those things So we have no reason to stay in our mess We have no reason to keep living the way we want So we don't have any hope And we don't have any future All
0: we have to do is call on the name of Jesus And so The tear, the sower of tear cannot expect wheat. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If we sow to the Spirit, we will reap things of the Spirit. Life everlasting. Will you stand? I don't know. What you will need to hear to get you committed in the things of God. I'll say this one more time. Say it, said it a few times. But here is what I'm going to tell you, which is a great beginning of sowing to the Spirit. As long as you don't have purpose, you're sowing to your flesh. As long as you don't have purpose. Sister idea the other day, she surprised me. She was on the internet looking at the publishing, the Pentecostal publishing bookstore. And I'm like, what are you doing, Sister Hidea? Well, she know that I normally order stuff for her little corner over there to give away for you, to help you in your Christian walk. And she know. And so... She found herself saying, you know, I don't want to keep going to pastor and bothering him. Let me just try to find a site on my own and see if I can find some things that I can get over in the corner over there. You know why? Because she feel like it's important to her to stand at that door and greet you all and show you all the love of God. Because she feel like that's very important and that pleases God. She started doing that and she didn't just stop just every Sunday. Now she want to know, you know... I want to be able to help people get closer to God. I want to be able to be a blessing to them. So let me go on here and try to figure out what I can get. I saw the pastor doing that, so maybe I can do it. She had purpose. And so now she's spending time in the things of God. She's not sowing to the flesh. Trying to get spiritual information to pass on
1: to people is not fleshly. And so she's trying to pass something on, and it's a spiritual thing because she has purpose right now. And believe
0: me, I know how the Lord works. Is the idea He just started you right there? That's not what you're going to finish. That's not what He's going to finish you up with. That's just how He got to start you somewhere. But I don't know what we're waiting on to say. I feel like God has put this. I need to do this, and I need to do that. Listen, you're not in some church where we don't believe that God has
1: called people to be. Whatever he wants them to be You have to know I feel something in my heart Or you have to come to me and say What is it that you feel like God has told you That I need to do Because it will create purpose And once you have purpose in God You will start to find yourself sowing to the spirit And no longer sowing to the flesh But if you never get purpose in God By default You're going to sow to the flesh By default All you're going to do is come to church
0: and you hear. And here's the story. If you come to church and you hear and it doesn't compel you to start doing, it meant the seed didn't fall on good ground. Now that's a fact. I heard somebody said yesterday that we've gone so far outside the box now in our country. That we're taking opinions as facts and we start to argue and fight with each other when everybody's supposed to really have an opinion. That's what a democracy is all about. Everybody's supposed to have an opinion. So if you have an opinion, I shouldn't beat you in your head and talk about something wrong with you for having that opinion. That's your opinion. But now we have made opinions facts. So if I say something, that's my opinion. Oh, you're
1: wrong. No, that's my opinion. Opinions are not wrong or right. They're opinions.
0: Why am I saying that? Because the word of God is facts.
1: (laughs) The word of God is true. So we can have all the opinions we want in the world. But until we look into this. It's just opinions. And nobody's opinion
0: is wrong or right in this world. Only the facts of God can get you to go to heaven. Only the facts of God will change your life. You can have all the opinions you want. But only the facts of God. Truth. is what the word of God said is truth. Only truth going to make you free. Only truth going to change your life. Only truth will restore your life. But any other thing, you just have an opinion. And your opinion means nothing. All your opinion is, it's your opinion. I'm pleading with you today to say, are you going to search and say, God, I need a purpose. Because I have to now start sowing to the spirit and stop sowing to my flesh. Amen. Or this is going to be another Sunday. You come to church and you leave the same way. We can't keep doing that. We have to say, we have to make up our mind today, I got to do something different. Why don't you bow your heads with me today? And this is what I want you to pray God. Don't let me leave here the same way, with the same thinking. Don't let me leave here with the same desires of the flesh. Don't let me leave here the same way I came in. Will you do something in me today that I would desire the things of the Spirit? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for each and every one of us that are standing here in this church this afternoon. God, we don't know when you're coming back. We don't know, Almighty God, what tomorrow may bring. But what we do know is that your word is truth. And Lord God, everything else is just our opinion, which really means nothing. And oh
1: God, you've already said, if we sow to the flesh, we will reap corruption, destruction. But if we sow to the Spirit, we will reap life everlasting. So I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that you will impress upon the heart of each and every person in this room, Lord God, to begin to step out in faith in obedience to the word of God and say from this day forth, I'm seeking my purpose in you. I'm seeking to sow to the spirit and no longer to my flesh. Today, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will transmit, that you will impart into the heart and the mind of every person in this room to, Lord God, seek their purpose in you, to seek, Lord God, the things of the Spirit and no longer settle for the things of the flesh. Lord God, the only thing that can rule our flesh is the Spirit, and the flesh has gained strength and authority in our life, but today I pray in the name of Jesus that the Spirit of the Lord will come upon us, and the, the Spirit of the Lord will overshadow us, Lord, and move in such a powerful way that, Lord God, it will no longer will be the flesh that will be the strong man in our life but it will be the spirit of God that will rule and reign in the name of Jesus that it will be the spirit of God that will reign in our life Lord God no longer do we want to continue to sow to the flesh Lord God but we want to sow to the spirit we want to sow to the spirit for God in his everlasting life that we seek after it is everlasting life that we desire it is everlasting life that we want and so God we know the only way for everlasting life is to do the things of the spirit to show the things of the spirit and God we will have everlasting life and God we will see you as you are one day and we will be the way we're supposed to be one day in the name of Jesus Christ I pray today, Lord, that somebody will surrender and humble themselves before you and say, God, no longer will I want to live aimlessly, just trying to be accomplished in this world. No longer do I want to just live Lord God and be tossed in the wind to and fro like a chaff and God not have direction and not have purpose. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for a good job. I thank you, Lord, for a great I thank you, Lord, for a good family. But I know my purpose is more than those things. My purpose, Lord God, is in you. And I come to you today to say, God, will you show me, will you reveal to me my purpose? And God, my purpose will begin to operate in my life. And I will begin to do what you created me to do. In the name of Jesus, today, Almighty God, I pray that somebody will hear what spirit is saying that uh, somebody will hear the voice of God today uh, and somebody will surrender and obey and say Jesus uh, oh, you are my God I will trust you uh, and I will obey you you know what's best for me you know what's best for me uh, and I want you to do whatsoever you want in my life I will trust you I will obey you I will not ignore you I will not just be a hero of your word uh, but I will become a doer as well and today Lord God. For all that I've heard, I will sow, I will to the spirit. I will read my Bible every day. I will study the word of God. I will meditate on the word of God. I will obey the word of God. I will share the word of God. Oh God, I want the word of God to take root in me. I want to be a worshiper of God. I want to praise the Lord. Oh Father, have your way today. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, that every person that is bound by the strong man, that today they will be set free in the name of Jesus Christ. For I, your servant, bind the strong man in the life of the people that is struggling in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind the strong man in the life of your people that is struggling and, oh God, trying to do the right thing, but they can't because of the strong man. I bind the strong man in the name in the name of Jesus Christ, and oh God, I lose the knowledge of God in your life. I lose the knowledge of God in your life. I lose the knowledge of God in your life. I lose faith upon them today. I lose the power of God upon them today. I lose joy into their soul in the name of Jesus Christ today. God, let us walk out of here in liberty of the spirit. Let us walk out of here today. Oh God, endeavor to, to, to obey the word of God. Let us walk out of here today, Lord God, with truth in our inward part. Oh, God, to say, yes, we will do whatever you want me to do. Father, we love you. Father, we need you. Father, we praise you. Oh, great of the Lord. Come on, somebody, will you lift your hands right before we leave here today? Just lift your hands and say, God, what do you want me to do? I remember when the Apostle Paul was arrested on the road to Damascus. He said... Jesus, what will thou have me to do? And I want somebody today to sincerely say, Jesus, what will you have me to do? For I am now under your total authority. What will you have me to do? What will you have me to do, O oh, great God? For I will obey. I will do whatsoever you want me to do come on talk to him just tell him wait for him wait for him to tell you wait for him to tell you what he wants you to do wait for him to tell you what he wants for you to do oh hallelujah 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 God is speaking to somebody he is telling somebody what he wants them to do hear the voice of God right now God is speaking. Let him tell you what he wants you to do. Let him tell you what he wants you to do. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. 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 And when he tells you. He wants you to put your whole heart. He wants you to put your whole heart. Your mind. And all your strength into it. Because God will use it to bless you. And bless others. If you will trust him. If you will do what he tells you to do. He will use you. And God will bless you. And God will use you to be a blessing to others. Father, we praise you. In In the name of Jesus. 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 In the name of Jesus.
0: If there's someone in the house of the Lord today... And you've never committed your life to God. You've never surrendered to Him. In your actions. Not just what you...